We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. Thanks for being with us here today on Power Radio and Journey to Center. Life and relationships, they can be a trip, can't they? I remember a quote from Marianne Williamson that really hit home. I know I must be powerful because look at this mess that is my life. It resonated deeply because it was my reality. Another one of my very favorite quotes is, The same energy that can move the planets around the sun and turn embryos into babies can take care of your life if you let it. But that's the trick. We have to invite it, surrender to it, and allow it. Today, I'm having a thought-provoking, fun, and insightful conversation with B.J. Gallagher about handing the steering wheel of life over to the universe. B.J. has written many books, including It's Never Too Late to Be What You Might Have Been, A Peacock in a land of ping- penguins, and getting good at getting along. The one I'm very excited to talk about today is, if God is your co-pilot, switch seats. Miracles happen when you let go. BJ is a sociologist, inspirational author, and speaker who is uplifting, empowering, entertaining, and has a voice that's all her own. She's been featured on CBS Evening News, The Today Show, Fox News, PBS, and CNN. She has written for my very favorite magazine, O, the Oprah Magazine. She's also written for Red Book, Ladies Home Journal, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, The Wall Street Journal, The Huffington Post, and more. So, BJ Gallagher, I'm so excited to have you on Journey to Center today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Tammy. It's great to be back. Thank you. I was on Amazon looking around. You've written a lot of books. I have. It beats working for a living. <laughs> I'm an author, too, so I really hear you. It is, it is pretty fun. Just write down your thoughts and then people it's buy them. It's a lot them. of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I was particularly intrigued when I saw the title, If God is Your Co-Pilot, Switch Seats. I say mm-hmm. that all the time. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, why you wrote this book and, and uh, you know, some of the messages you share in it. I'm so excited to hear more. Well, I I wrote it because, as William James once said, um, we teach best what we need to learn most. Mm. And being a, uh, a a type A, take charge, make it happen kind of gal, um, the whole issue of surrender is something that I've uh, struggled with in my spiritual life. Um, and I saw that phrase on a bumper sticker in Los Angeles some years ago. It said, if God is your co-pilot, switch seats. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Because I'd seen all the other bumper stickers that said, God is my co-pilot. And when I saw this one, I thought, oh, that's right. They've got it. They're mistaken. They're confused. It's not that God is the co-pilot helping you live your life. It's that I'm the co-pilot and God's the one in charge setting the direction for the for the plane. Now, maybe because my father was in the Air Force and he was a pilot, that, that resonated with me so much. Um, I just, I just saw the imagery and I thought, yeah, who do I want flying the plane of my life? Little old me 
or big old God. And I thought, <laughs> God, any day. He's a lot smarter than I am, that's for sure. Oh, man. And yeah, again, you know, the same energy can move planets around the sun and turns the seasons, you know, from fall to winter to spring to summer. Maybe it could take care of our lives. But, you know, you bring up a point. We have to surrender to it. Yes. There's That's another wonderful <laughs> quote from, um, uh, oh, what's his last name? Uh, E.M. Forster, who said, we must give up the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Mm. Because we, particularly here in America, we're so into take charge, create the life you want, have it your way. We're, we're, we're sort of egocentric, captain of your own destiny. I did it my way. And it totally leaves God out of the picture. And I think, now, why would, why would we do that when we know from experience that God is all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient? Why would I run my life according to my puny little plans when God has something so grand, so wonderful, and so perfectly suited to me, why would I, why would I run my own life rather than turn it over to God? That's a really good question, but I know you write about this in your book, and I think you're so accurate. As humans, we're often like willful children, and we think to ourselves, I can do this on my own. Yes. yes. <laughs> we're like two-year-olds, right? That's right. Uh, I, I want to tell this. my I own this. Shoes, I it out. Let me do it myself. I'm going to do it my way. I can do it myself. I don't need any help. I know I've been that person. And it was because that plan didn't work that I kind of fell to my knees and went, okay, I, I need to do something radically different because this isn't, this isn't working. Me too. Yeah, me too. Is that too. what happened I, I for heard, you as well? I heard somebody say once, when life brings you to your knees, stay there and pray. And I thought, that's right. That's right. Because when life yeah. brings me to my knees... That means I, I'm, I'm self-will run riot. I, I'm the one trying to run the show here. And I've got the mentality of, a, I've got the intelligence of a gnat. When you <laughs> compare it to divine intelligence who created the universe, oh my goodness, why wouldn't I want to surrender to that kind of, of intelligence? And yeah, we all have that capacity and the ability to partner with that kind of intelligence, but it really does take us, because we live on a planet of free will and choice, um, choosing to invite it. Yeah. And that can be, I think we have to really believe, have faith that the universe is on our side, loves us, wants to support us, for us to really surrender to it. Yeah. And it's really, it's fear that gets in the way. Sure. Uh, several years ago, I think it was before I wrote this book, I was watching The Dog Whisperer on TV one night with Cesar Milan. I don't know if you've ever seen his show. Yes. Um, but he, he teaches these fundamentals of, of dog training. And, he, and he's very well known for taking particularly difficult dogs, hopeless dogs that nobody else can deal with, and turning them into these wonderful, obedient creatures. And he had this really willful dog on the show that night and he was talking to the camera and he was saying that the first thing you have to do is, is get the dog to submit to your authority. You're the alpha of the dog pack and your dog has to know that. So submission, discipline, love, exercise, food, but first comes submission. 
And this dog was wrestling and snapping and growling and trying to run. The dog was afraid. The dog was clearly terrified because he felt that he, he, had, to, he had to live his life on his own terms. And he didn't see what Cesar Milan was offering him. And as, as, as he gradually broke the dog and the dog submitted, I looked at that and I thought, oh, that's me. I'm <laughs> That's the dog. what's going on. <laughs> I'm the dog, and God, and God is the is the 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 I call it the God whisperer. <laughs> God <laughs> is the God whisperer, and trying to say, sweetheart, your life can be so much easier if you just fall in line and join the pack. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I will take care of everything. I will provide food. I will provide safety. I will provide leadership. You will have such a fabulous life if, as a member of my pack, but you have to surrender. You have to trust me and let me lead your life. And I just thought, yeah, I'm like that scared, willful dog that I haven't experienced that before, so I fight it. So I fight it. That's a great story. Isn't that I love a great that so metaphor? Much, yes. <laughs> I should write Jason write- Milan and tell him that story sometime. That's fantastic because I, I think it's so accurate. It's truth. So you you say wisdom can show up in the most likely, unlikely of places. And it sounds like that was the case for you watching that show that night. That was one. The bumper sticker was another. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked to taxi drivers. And I mean, it's just out of the mouth of my own child when he was seven years old. I mean, Children are really wise little creatures if we listen to them. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think it behooves us to keep our eyes and ears open uh, for spiritual wisdom that often doesn't come from a spiritual guru or a book or uh, some acknowledged spiritual leader, but from uh, a very unlikely, usually humble source. Yeah, I um, really believe the universe is conspiring to inform us all the time we just have to kind of like be looking for it pay attention i've gotten a lot of spiritual messages from billboards like nike just do it should i write mm-hmm, this book mm-hmm. just do it <laughs> i was like oh, um okay are you sure i can and then a bumper sticker with god all things are possible i'm like all right i guess i'm writing a book <laughs> yeah and, and to be quiet for for um for wisdom i i don't know about you but i uh, my higher power whispers and yes. so I have to make sure that I'm quiet enough because I'm, I'm kind of a noisy, talkative person. So I have to make sure that I allow enough quiet and a reflection and openness and that I'm really listening yes. for God's guidance. Because if I don't hear the whisper, very often what comes next is a two by four across the forehead. And oh, yes, I know that one well. <laughs> I say all the time, God throws pebbles, stones, bricks, and then you get a brick wall or two by there four somewhere go. in there. I think I go from pebble to brick wall. <laughs> Pretty quickly. It can. But Pretty you bring fast. up such a good point, PJ, BJ, and this was my reality as well. It's like my life wasn't working until I started meditating and started yeah. really um, paying attention to the still small voice within. And it does. It whispers. Yeah. But I don't know about your experience. The more I meditate, the more synchronicity I see. Yes. Yes. And and I find that the times I'm happiest are the times when I just feel that I'm in sync with the universe. Mm-hmm. That I'm just like the dog pack. I'm just playing my little part. I've got my little place in the dog pack. 
And I just uh, do what's put in front of me, do what I'm supposed to do, and everything falls into place. It's, um, and it's effortless. It is so easy. And yeah. I think, oh, gosh, why, why do I forget this sometimes? Why do I slip back into trying to run the show? Mm, trying to grab we got off our st- knees for a minute. That's right. Get off my knees, grab the steering wheel, go on. I can take it from here, God. You I got know, it. You take it I easy. It. I got it. <laughs> now, you bring up such a good point, BJ. Happy for no reason is the best happy of all. Happy yeah. because you're just aligned and riding the wave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not because I yeah. got a new you know, pair of jeans or even a new car, but just happy because I feel aligned with spirit, that journey to center, that alignment with source. And I know I'm loved and I'm, I'm peaceful and I see the synchronicity. That's the best kind of happy of all. Yeah. And that I'm doing my part. Yeah. And that I'm doing my part to contribute. Oh yes. You write a really powerful chapter about humble service and contribution. Yeah. Which I think, again, is taking responsibility for our part. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you think this is so important? Well, that's, um, that's, it's just what makes me happy. I, a few years ago, I, I, I hit one of those proverbial brick walls and I, I, I just, I felt burned out and exhausted and frustrated. And I, um, I mean, it took a few days and just sort of shut down and, and prayed and meditated and thought about, well, what's, why am I so tired? Why am I so frustrated all the time? And, and I, I realized that I was chasing, um, as I've probably mentioned before, that I was, I was chasing the things I thought would make me happy. I was chasing Oprah. I was chasing the New York Times and I was chasing money. Those are the things that that my culture tells me are signs of success and that will make me happy and will give me the life I want. And then I thought, well, okay, so you've been chasing those things for 20 years. As Dr. Phil would say, how's it working for you? (laughs) And the answer was not so great Mm -hmm. because I didn't get to the New York Times. I didn't get to Oprah and I didn't make a million dollars. And in the process of chasing those things, I was frustrated, sometimes resentful of other authors who did make it. Um, I was angry and I was running out of steam. And I thought, well, okay, chasing those three things isn't making you happy. So what does make you happy? So I reflected on that and the answer was when I'm doing spiritual things, when I'm praying, when I'm meditating, when I'm in my spiritual community and gatherings, um, and most of all, when I'm serving others and contributing to the world. Mm-hmm. that re- And it, it might just be letting somebody in front of me on the freeway. It might be smiling at a neighbor. It might be picking up a piece of trash on you know the sidewalk in my neighborhood. It's when I'm contributing to the world and I'm serving others and not serving myself, I feel happy, I feel peaceful, I feel content. And I thought, oh, okay then. Well, if that's what makes you happy, do more of that. Stop doing that other stuff. Quit chasing Oprah. If, 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 let her find you instead of you find her. <laughs> Quit chasing the New York Times. Newspapers are dying anyway. And we all know that money isn't going to make us happy because there's never enough. So stop chasing the things that make you unhappy 
and start doing the things that make you do happy. And wow, what a difference. What Isn't a difference. That true? You know, it, it's not getting things that really brings us the greatest joy. It's being and our loving. Yeah. You know, I love that. Just small. I, I feel the same way. Small acts of kindness. Buying a cup of coffee for someone behind me, like in the drive-thru, they don't even know that I did it. And I'm like, <laughs> it just yeah. feels good. It's just so fun. Yeah. Or letting somebody in front of you, just like you said, being in my loving, helping people feel good about themselves or get to higher ground to me. That's so fulfilling. I used to think it was going to be the red carpets and being on the cover of People magazine. And I tried all that and it didn't fulfill me. It didn't bring me joy. Materialism doesn't fulfill that that hole inside of our, our soul. No, our and it's a, it's a bit like a drug. It's at least I it found is. it. It was, I remember the first time I was on the today show, it was really intoxicating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, that was juicy. Let's do that again. <laughs> and so I did it again. And then it was, and it was almost, it was, I felt like I was hooked. Like all I could think about was how do I get back on the today show? How do I get? And I thought, Oh, I can see how people get, hooked on fame how they yes. get they become publicity oh, junkies yes. because that media attention can be very intoxicating yes. and i thought oh boy i can see how easily that can happen yeah fame can be a beast it can be quite insidious and you know it feeds our egos and mm-hmm. it, it can be tasty for a little while but the ego has a voracious appetite and i don't think there's any true fulfillment there that's right never enough never enough never enough yeah, it's crazy. I, I can really, really, really relate to what you're saying. And, and I feel I surrendered it and I'm living a much more peaceful, sweet and fulfilling life. And it's not that big, bold out there life that I had and that I thought that I wanted, but it just feels better. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I think it's amazing. So another thing you write about and I love because I wrote a book about prosperity is tithing. Can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts about tithing? Oh, yes. Well, it it came out of a personal experience that um, some years ago, I was really struggling financially. And um, the, the, the harder I worked, the behinder I fell, it mm-hmm. seemed. And I I finally gave up trying to figure it out. And I picked up the phone and I called other people. Now, there's magic just in that. Three of the most powerful words in the English language are, please help me. Asking someone else to help you is is just a really, really powerful prayer um, to the universe. And being and it means being teachable, being humble yes, okay. and, and saying you don't know how to do something, you don't know the answer. So and I got um I got two answers and one was um the woman had suggested the woman I called told me to tithe. And this was after I'd spent 10 minutes telling her my tale of woes. And I said, well, you didn't hear me. I don't have any money. I've got all these bills piled up and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, you asked for my opinion. So that's been, that's been my experience that most people say, I'll tithe when I have when enough I have money. Mm-hmm. And they've got it backwards. The yes. truth is, you'll have enough money when you tithe. Yes. And she told me her own personal story. And then she gave me the names of two other people. She said, well, don't believe me. Um, call Rachel and call Paul and ask them what their experiences were. And I did. And the stories they told me, and I already knew that it was the right answer. 
I just didn't. You just were hoping for another one. (laughs) I just didn't want to. It's a hard one. It's a hard pill to swallow, BJ. I know this because I teach it and I do it, and it it can be hard. It is. It is hard, and and but I started doing it. the The very next ten bucks I made, I gave away a dollar of it. I gave away ten percent, and I will tell you, as anybody who tithes will tell you, that uh, it gets harder when the checks are bigger. (laughs) <laughs> when I got a royalty check from my publisher, must have been about 10 years ago, for $30,000. Right, wow. That's good and bad at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> and then had to turn around and give away three. Because <laughs> that's 10%, $3,000. Yes, it is. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's a deposit on a car. I could got, oh, ah. And it, it, but that's a nice problem to have. And I wrote the checks. Actually, I wrote three checks for $1,000 each and gave them to three different organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found is it's, it's actually much easier to tithe when I'm not making much money. When I'm making tons of money and those tithing checks are big ones. And Jack Hanfield and Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote the Chicken Soup books, they say exactly the same thing. It was a lot easier when the check was smaller. smaller. That's hysterical. But you make a great point. It's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. It's like paying taxes is a good problem to have. When I have to pay taxes, that means I made money. money. That's good news. I made a ton of money. So I have to pay taxes on it. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? I really believe this, that because you made those small ties, is why you ended up making those bigger, bigger checks. Yes. And I write thank you when I pay my bills. I write thank you on the checks. After Mm -hmm. I write my serial number, whatever number, I always write thank you. Thank you that I have the money to pay these bills. Thank you for providing the service that you provide. Thank you, electric company. Thank you, post office. Thank you, IRS. And, um, and I think those, all those principles, they really work. They really do. It's such an important part of my life, my practice, my teachings, and it can be a big sticking point, but it really can help somebody, I think, up level in their lives because it's all God's anyway. Yes. Uh, that's it. It's God's, it's not my money. It's God's money. So mm-hmm. God gives me 100%. I give 10% back and say, here, God, give this to somebody who needs it more than I do. I can mm-hmm. live on 90% of whatever it is I can live on 90%. Yes. Nothing yes. in this world is mine. Everything belongs to God. I, I, uh, yeah, my, my little, my little dog died three months ago today and I was thinking about her today, but she was never my dog. She was God's dog and mm-hmm. God sent her to me and I got to enjoy her. I totally fell in love with this little creature for 13 wonderful years. And the day she died, I said to her, today is your lucky day. Today, you get to go back to God. You get to go back to where you came from. And I don't know what it's like, but I know it's fabulous. And when you get there, be sure and tell him thank you for me. Because the last 13 years have just been amazing. And you were such a great little companion. And I will forever be grateful for the 13 years that I had you. So, bon voyage, sweetheart. You know, I, I... I'm sure it's wonderful. And that's how I sent her off. That's so powerful. Yeah, I had a pet goose that died this winter, and I was so sad, but I, I got the same message. It's God's goose. Yeah. And, my, you know, yeah. we'll see him on the other side of the veil. We're going home, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, lucky her. She gets to, I always, 
I love this dog so much. I used to curl up and spoon with her, and I would think, I would pray, I'd say, okay, take me now, because it doesn't get any better than this. Aww, Spooning with my earth. dog, That's my so my face buried in the back of her neck, and she always smelled so sweet, and I thought, this is heaven. It just doesn't get any better than this. Simple pleasures mm-hmm. like this, and this is how I'd love to die, just like, poof. Just thank be, you, thank you, thank you. Just we'll yeah. have lift off now, thank you. Yeah, I'll have lift <laughs> off now. But I guess now. you be, have be more me moments up, of heaven because you're still here on planet Earth, thankfully, and having this conversation with me and having this message ripple out of the world, which I think is so wonderful. So, oh. BJ, how can people get your book, If God is Your Co-Pilot, Switch Seats, or It's Never Too Late to Be What You Might Have Been, or any of your other amazing books? How can they oh, find you? How, you. Can get, how can they get your books? Well, this one's a few years old, so it probably won't be in bookstores anymore. So I would go to uh, Amazon or, um, yeah, I would go to Amazon. That's the easiest place to find it. And just just type in If God is Your Co-Pilot, Switch Seats. Um, also, my publisher sells it. That's Hampton Roads. And um, if you Google them, I'm sure it's probably, gosh, it's been a while, HamptonRoads.com. Anyway, if you Google Hampton Roads, but but um, <clears throat> Amazon's probably the easiest way to, to find it. It's a nice hardback book. It makes lovely gifts. It's two colors inside, and it's one of my favorites because it it's one of the most personal, intimate, spiritual things I've ever written where I really revealed my own struggles with, uh, with surrender. Yeah, it's so powerful, so wonderful. I, I love it. It was just such an amazing book. So, BJ, thank you for writing the book. Thank you for saying yes to this conversation. I'll roll out the red carpet for you any time you want to chat. Oh, thank you, Tammy. <laughs> I had a great time. Thank you for the invite. Absolutely. And to my guests, my listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us and uh, being part of the process. Would love to hear from you. Find me at TammyBPhD.com. Ask me a question, anything you want. Would love to connect with you. God bless you. Love from my heart to yours. Onward and upward. Bye for now.